This is the story of a banished king and his revenge. A story that starts with friendship and ends in betrayal. A story where you won't be able to pick sides. It's a story of tragedy and redemption, ego and pride. But does it end with a happily ever after? Hi, this is Revolution Redom, a daily podcast where we break down one story from the world of business and finance. Here's the story for today. The story begins in 1976 when a man named Michael Eisner was appointed as the president of Paramount Studios. While Eisner was working at the top, another man worked there as a low-level assistant, Katzenberg. Eight years went by. Katzenberg had risen through the ranks to become president of production under Eisner. But Eisner was not in luck. He was due for promotion when a corporate reshuffle at Paramount Studios denied him the opportunity that he deserved. Now, like it said, when one door closes, another opens. For Eisner, Disney was that other door. Paramount Studios' loss was Disney's gain. And here's what was happening at Disney. Disney was in constant turmoil ever since the death of Walt Disney in 1966. His legacy continued breathing life to the otherwise dormant company that suffered in the absence of a strong leader. It had now become the target of several hostile takeovers where outsiders attempted to take control of the company against the company's will. It was under those conditions that Roy Disney, Walt Disney's nephew, brought Eisner to take charge of the Disney ship. But Eisner didn't come alone. He also brought Katzenberg along by giving him the bait of heading an entire division. After all, Katzenberg was the golden retriever who managed to pull off anything that was required of him. He would definitely be a great asset for Disney. Ha, you bet. The appointment of these two men changed the entire course of cinematic history. What happened? Well, it depends on whose lens you're wearing. Let's look at it through the Katzenberg lens. Eisner gave Katzenberg the division that he had very little hopes from animated movies. This division had not given Disney a hit in years. So confident was Eisner about its failure that he even offered Katzenberg 2% of the profits from all the new animated movies that were to be made under Katzenberg's leadership. What followed was beyond Eisner's imagination. Katzenberg supervised the development of remarkable movies like The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and The Lion King. He vowed to make one animation movie every year, and in those days it was unheard of. Animation soon comprised almost a third of Disney's profits. With his hard work and determination, Katzenberg turned around not just the animation department but also the history of cinema. They say that the world can change in the blink of an eye. That's precisely what happened with Katzenberg. In 1994, an unfortunate helicopter crash of the then chief operating officer and president of Walt Disney Company, Frank Wells, led to a managerial void that had to be filled immediately. That's when speculations that Katzenberg would be the successor arose. But Roy Disney and Eisner did not let that happen. Furious with this corporate politics, Katzenberg resigned and launched the legendary DreamWorks alongside Steven Spielberg and David Geffen. DreamWorks was Katzenberg's revenge against Disney. It gave us legendary films such as Shrek, Trolls, 
Kung Fu Panda, How to Train Your Dragon, Madagascar, and The Boss Baby. On a side note, you have to revisit Shrek again. That movie series leaves no stone unturned to mock Disney movies and looks like a vent for Katzenberg. But what about Eisner? Remember the 2% profit that he promised to Katzenberg when he brought him to Disney? Well, it came to bite him as Katzenberg filed a suit against Disney. Disney ended up cuffing about 250 million US dollars because of Eisner's decisions. This blunder was quickly followed by another blunder. The position that Eisner denied Katzenberg was filled by Eisner's friend, Mr. Michael Ovitz. But he was fired too. And this cost Disney another $100 million. Now, this wasn't the end of Eisner's dark times. Remember how Eisner and Roy Disney colluded to oust Katzenberg? Well, tragically, a few years later, both the men were drawn in a battle against each other. Eisner pushed Roy Disney to retire from the board, but Roy Disney did not go down alone. He took Eisner with him. 45% of Disney's shareholders were rallied by Roy Disney to withhold their votes to re-elect Eisner. Eventually, Eisner resigned. Eisner looks like the classic Disney villain, no? Well, there's at least two sides to every story, so here's looking at it through the Eisner lens. The entire department suffered under Katzenberg. Animators were working day in and day out at the cost of their health. They had no time for family, no time for social life. But Katzenberg didn't care. The department, as described by an animator in the documentary Waking Sleeping Beauty, was being driven by a maniac at the wheel with his foot on the accelerator, driving full speed in a very crowded city. You could say that it's a dedication like this that makes success stories, but this wasn't entirely true in Katzenberg's case. The decisions that he took, the movies that he passionately supported, did not perform as well as he would have wanted to. The ones who worked with him doubted his taste. And what's often overlooked is that Katzenberg was the chairman of Walt Disney Studios. He was responsible for all the film entertainment that went out from the studio and not just the animated ones. Yet, for every successful animated movie that he made, there was also a disaster that was cooked elsewhere. Katzenberg was blinded by success. He discounted the role that everyone else played for him to reach there. Roy Disney did not like this attitude and threatened Eisner to prevent Katzenberg's promotion. And you know the rest. Pain can fuel creativity. But for how long? Katzenberg's high ambitions and the bitter feelings of vendetta were his undoing. No doubt that he made terrific films. But why? Was it only for the love of cinema or was it to undermine Disney? Eventually, Katzenberg had to remove those rose-tinted glasses that he was wearing and come to terms with reality. Running DreamWorks was no longer sustainable. His grandiose plans came crashing down as DreamWorks ran out of money. Eventually, Comcast acquired it. Katzenberg passionately moved on to the OTT Quibi. Again, it was meant to be revolutionary, of course. It was a $2 billion rich project with top Hollywood talent. It was as glamorous as it could be. Yet, money and fame cannot guarantee success. Quibi was not in line with the current day and time, and it failed just after it was launched. Either Katzenberg had lost his touch, or maybe he never had it in the first place. We don't know which side is innocent and which side is guilty. Uh, truth is often like that, layered. 
my story to a simple what actually happened will differ from yours, of course. There's no single truth. But whatever be the case, this corporate feud revolutionized the entire animation industry. So whose side are you on? Eisner or Katzenberg? And that's your story for today. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast and not miss out on your daily story from the world of finance. Thanks for listening in. Until next time, read on. Read on.